That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. And when I say no limits, we deliver you brand new DC comic book reviews before anyone when they hit the midnight of the day when they hit the shelves. And that is us in Commissioner Gordon's office where we go through the stack of new DC comics for the week. I got Bat Force Tom up in sunny California. It's actually a Batman forever. <laughs> I got Golden Age. I got Rob, Robin Cross up in Canada. Bumblebee Tuna. <laughs> and I got Legends of Lego Batman, a.k.a. Legends of the Lost TV series over in uh, California as well. West Side? Oh, shit. <laughs> I was going to say we have uh, get a special guest, Little Baby Legends. Little Baby Legends. It's like Baby Dark Side. <laughs> oh, little, little Baby Legends Dark Side. Time. Oh, shit. After, in Commissioner Gordon's office, bullet points tonight with a little Justice League hype. We got um, the Injustice 2 announcement for the third fighter pack. The highly anticipated Batman Who Laughs issue from the Dark Ooh. Knight's Metal uh, saga. We also have Batman number 35, Talia al Ghul versus uh, Catwoman. Uh, we got the wrap-up to Bats Out of Hell, the, um, the tie-ins from Dark Knight's Metal. And uh, we got a bunch of other comics that are coming out uh, today as you listen to this episode. So let's start with a quick little Justice League hype. Come on. Justice League hype. Justice League hype. Man, so this is this is gonna come out on Wednesday, right? Wednesday yeah. the what was what's the date? Fifteenth? Yeah, the day before you could see Justice League. Because you could see Justice League like seven PM on Thursdays in most places. Which will hopefully be so two more. days after Legends and I have seen the red carpet premiere. <gasps> Tom already Justice seen League. it twice before most of yeah. us even get to see it once. <laughs> I could finally that happens sing with every movie. <laughs> I could finally sing like a canary that I could that I've seen, and that was so hard not to tell. Yeah, I know. The world. You know what? You saw it two weeks advance. I saw Wonder Woman one week before it came out, and I felt like it was forever. Like I couldn't yeah. talk about it, and it was so awesome. More than anything, right now is the fact that I had to wait two weeks to see it again. Like more than mm. talking about it, just wanting to see it has been the hardest thing to wait for. Let me guess. It's like you take a bite instead of in and out, double double. And then you have to wait like two weeks before you can take another bite, right? Is that what it's you like? You got to wrap it up. You got to put it back in the bag. And you got to <laughs> put it in the fridge and oh. forget about it. And the whole time, everyone's like, hey, have you had a double-double yet? You should have a double-double. You know what I'm excited for? To have a double-double. Oh. And I got the bite in my mouth, and I can't chew or say anything. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. You even got a little bit of sauce dribbling down the side of your beard there. <sighs> the early... Just saving it for later. Early reviews have started coming in uh, when the embargo was lifted the other day. A lot of critics are really liking it and, and loving it, like slash loving it. It's it's a weird feeling to to see critics saying good things about a DC movie. I think it's because they don't want to. They feel like they wouldn't. Yeah. It, it has that yeah. temp like it's like they don't want to, but they have to admit that it was a pretty damn good movie. You know, after Batman vs Superman, the studio learned a lot. You know, I'm not surprised that people are coming out really liking this movie. It's hard to talk about, though, being that we haven't seen it yet. But early reviews said that they were really surprised on how much they liked it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's hard to choose between your favorite Justice League member in the movie. People want more of it now. So I heard Gal stole the show. I heard Cyborg stole the show. I heard Flash stole the show. I heard Batman's drunk. So like, um, and, uh, I think the, I think the thing that... Um... What's interesting is that well, the things that everyone was complaining about before, everyone was worried about, you're not hearing at all. Like everyone, for some reason, everyone's hung up on this runtime, on this under two hour runtime. Like everyone's freaking out about it. And, um, you know, just because a movie is under a certain amount of time does not mean that you can't make it a great movie or, you know, a really good effort. And I think that's what people learned with this one is, um, especially with a team movie, they're probably feeling like it's a team movie. How can you make it less than two hours to be able to flush out, I guess, character development and all that. But that's kind of what they did is they trimmed the fat of all the things that they had before, maybe some of their other films. Yeah. And um, 
the movie just kind of executes pretty well. You know, there's a pretty good flow. So you're not really left with anything that you don't want, really. Yeah, two hours is good. I think a lot of criticism came from the the, sto- the, the length from last time. It's, just... a, it's a marketing tool, too, though, because Batman vs. Superman, even though it made a ton of money, it was really long, and then the, the director's cut was even longer. So they want, pe- they want people to be able to go see the movie, and they want them to go back again and again. And if you make it a little bit shorter... You know, families are going to be more than likely to take their kids, you know, at least once, maybe twice, yeah. because they see that runtime. And like, all right, the kids can handle that length, you know? Yeah, that's true. I think it's a good runtime. I can't wait till Legends sees it so we can talk about it, but I can't wait till you guys see it because there's so much shit that, I mean, it's going to be like, good because um, I'm actually going into this one not even knowing what, what really to expect yeah. or seeing too much. I remember Batman vs. Superman. The whole warehouse trailer was online before them. That was the stupidest fucking thing you could have done. Like, why did they the best do scene. that? The Batman. They warehouse showed you the best scene in the movie. Yeah, it's like that. That really had to be one of the stupidest things to do in movies. I mean, the movie still made a ton of money. I didn't get bored of the scene, but it just wasn't a good idea because if I would have went into the movie not having seen that, seen that. scene and then go in and see, watch the scene in the movie theaters, not knowing what to expect, I would have been like, oh. Sh- Shit. But the the point the point of the trailers isn't to affect how much you enjoy it in the theater. The the point of the trailers is to make sure as many asses go in those seats yeah. as possible. That's true, but it wasn't you a know, trailer; that, it was that, an actual that's, scene. That's, that's, scene. That's why they flop that stuff out there, though. Because like, remember at that point, most people still hated the idea of Affleck as Batman, mm. and the, and then they put that scene out, and everyone said, "Oh shit." Okay. All they had to say, all the, the Russian guy had to say to the other thug is, oh, he's a friend from work. And everyone would have went to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rotten Tomatoes would have uh, given the trailer 150. Oh, I don't uh, think brilliant, brilliant, brilliant <laughs> writing. Uh, he, actually, um, there's you... a t-shirt out at Hot Topic, Hulk fighting Thor, and it says in big like neon letters, friend from work. So yeah. <laughs> It's like they're making fun of themselves, too. They're but, ruined. <sighs> I might have to get that shirt. Marvel, Marvel's all comedy. <laughs> you know, not to, we don't want to bite too much into it. While you're listening to this episode, we'll be on the eve of Justice League for everybody to see it. Like two days after this episode comes out, you'll be listening to the Justice League review from the Bat Force. So it's all good. You mean we, we have to wait two days after the red carpet to review it? Fuck yeah, um, you do. No, no, no. <laughs> for main well, body. No, you got to wait. For everybody else. We, we got to wait two, two months if you want to uh, wait for the trunkler to fucking uh, <laughs> go <laughs> take my notes. The reviews, uh, to actually be able to write a review, that will be okayed at, I believe, on the 13th or the 14th at like... Either the 13th or the 14th at midnight. I can't remember which. Mm. Other big news from last night. E-League on television um, wrapped up the championship, the Injustice 2 championship. In the process, they revealed the third fighter pack, the DLC fighters. So it was uh, Enchantress, who looks kind of cool because she doesn't look like Suicide Squad Enchantress. So that was all right. Adam, which is kind of interesting, too. I wouldn't mind playing as Adam. And uh, all four of the Ninja Turtles from the original movie, which was nuts because I used to joke around about that, how cool it would look for the Ninja Turtles to fight in an Injustice game with all the, you know, the ninja moves that would actually work. And they fucking did it. And uh, we posted it last night and everybody went nuts. It blew up. Yeah. That post blew up. It blew the fuck up. Uh, I would say about 80% of the people were excited for it. 20% not so much. (laughs) I think that's 5% are like, what the fuck? The, yeah, I the bet pe- that 20% loved uh, Thor Ragnarok. The thing is, that 20% was probably the people who were born after the time. Like, if if you weren't a Ninja Turtle fan from back in the day, then you prob- most people probably don't understand or get the Ninja Turtles. But they if, don't like, get it. But if you were, then you're, you're pretty excited about, you know, go Ninja, go Ninja, go. You know what's so like, great about that, though, with the four turtles now? Because, I mean, they're all going to be playable characters, right? The yeah. four of them, correct? Yeah. The thing is, is you can you can play as one, and then a friend from work can play as any of the other three. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot of people were hoping for Spawn. Spawn is supposed to be in the NetherRealm game forever, and we thought he was going to. But this is, like, the next best thing for a lot of people. Wait, so. can you explain? I thought Spawn was already announced. Spawn got the fan vote by far. Okay. From okay. Mortal Kombat X. Oh, okay. We were okay. supposed to get them, never did. They took the vote again. McFarlane released the rights to Netherrealm. They took the vote again really? for Injustice 2 downloadable characters. Spawn won it easily again. 
And since then, we've been fucking waiting forever to have Spawn in a fighting game. We were hoping he would be in Injustice 2, because that mean, that would mean he gets to fight like Batman and all these people. But, um, you baby know, there's still little hope. Little baby legends ain't happy. <laughs> there's still hope, because uh, they might do a fourth one, I think. But, um, you know, it's a funny so, game. So, NetherRealm made um, they made Mortal Kombat X. Yeah, yeah NetherRealm makes more of the Mortal Kombat games, Mortal Kombat okay. X, and they make Injust the Injustice, Injustice. games. And oh, okay. So and one of the head it's, guys it's, is uh, Ed Boon, who's the guy, the creator of Mortal Kombat. All right. Well, so basically, they just are sitting on their asses with that character. I don't know what it is. I, I don't. There's a lot of where maybe McFarlane withdrew his thing. I we we have no idea. It's it's extremely hush hush with the downloadable characters because gamers go. You think nerds go crazy? Gamers go fucking crazy with this shit. So they're like tweeting yeah. and you know they made a whole they made like two Twitter accounts advocating for Starfire downloadable content and they finally got it. And Jason Todd as well. And by the way, so we we used to know a kid that was really into gaming, didn't we? No, I, I don't dig it. He know what you, you dig it to me. Oh, he man. probably knows about the spawn situation. No, dig. Oh man, I don't know, man. Anywho, oh, man, I dig it to do, man. So yeah, Injustice Two. That's gonna be cool. Third Fighter Pack downloadable content. That's, oh, Hellboy's about to be released, by the way, soon too, as downloadable content. He's the last one for the second Fighter Pack. Free gamers out there. Enjoy, cause uh, f yeah, for thirty bucks you get a lot of extra shit. But that brings us to the new DC Comics comic book stack for the date of fifteenth, uh, November fifteenth. Comic books, the highly anticipated Batman Who Laughs one shot. All right, what'd you guys? Everybody's gonna buy. So. Um, oh yeah, this thing's gonna this thing's gonna go to multiple prints for sure. Oh, this is this man. is the kind of book that draws in. People from, I mean, even if you're not reading comics, you see this thing, people tell you it's out, you're gonna go and get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it is, uh, it is pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, and a lot more gruesome than I expected. So this is, um, this is the backstory of the Batman Who Laughs, is I guess origin, and yes. it's, um, it's pretty disturbing <laughs> and dark, and this is, Easily. this could, this could like really fuck up a lot of people <laughs> this is one bad ass evil twisted morbid dude uh let's yeah. but let's see how we start spoilers it's by the way right we gotta let everybody know that uh with with these these kind of review episodes we get into everything so if you have not read batman who laughs yet make sure to do that before you listen to this and then uh listen along the opening is very killing joke isn't it he's like in this dark room in front of a table with the playing cards or the tarot yep. cards, I guess it is. Um, Got that feeling exactly. Right. And he's talking to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 telling his story to someone that they haven't shown. So that's kind of like uh, it gives you a little bit of a question. Mm, he's telling his story to somebody. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then he then he gets into the origins of who he was, which is which kind of I think people were kind of debating back and forth. Is it like, is he Joker? Is he Batman? Blah blah blah. Is he Jason <laughs> Todd? Jason Todd boy. It takes place in Earth twenty two many years ago. Gotham's on fire. Oh, cool! It's like a Joker face, like painted on a, the side of a building. It's, so the Joker's there. He got he has Batman tied up, and he's he, from and the he's, mouth. he's he's talking about how he just killed Commissioner Gordon, and he killed Gordon, but he's saying that uh, Gordon asked for his daughter last. Yeah, like that's who he was begging for, or something. And then he talks about his eyes melting, right? Yeah. 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 So there's something going on with melting of the eyes. But he saved the he pipe for him, so that was that was nice of the Batman who laughs. Yeah, he kept, saved yeah, kept uh, kept that, kept the badge, kept his jacket. Saved, yeah, he he wore his jacket, his trench coat. He has Batman tied up, and he's um, Jokerizing children, and he's basically just kind of torturing them, and and he's, um, he's murdering their parents, one next family by family, in what appear it looks like it's Crime Alley. I don't, it looks like he just keeps taking Batman through the same trauma over and over again from the loss of his parents. That's what this joke yeah, is. Yeah, he's, what he's trying to do is basically recreate um, the trauma that Batman had with his parents getting killed. And he's trying to do this with kids over and over and over again. Later in the story, you'll see what the other part of his plan is in, in terms of uh, um, traumatizing these kids. And as that, what, what he's reenacting there is the scene that what made Batman vow that he would never let that happen to anyone again. So now Joker's got him there helpless, and he's making him w watch it happen again and again. Yeah, and then a 
Batman snaps free and then starts attacking the Joker. While he's has his arm around his neck, there it looks like this green gas is coming out of Joker's mouth. Almost like uh <laughs> what was his name? Billy from Dark Knight Returns, the doll. Who is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's talking to Superman later about how well he kind of killed the Joker and there Oh he's dead. Yeah, so yeah. I guess the Joker's dead and how there's like these Jokerized children from Arkham and all over the place that they're trying to I don't know, help or save. I think Clark was talking. No, about. these well, these these we're, are we're the... skipping over part of that there because like right. this Joker, uh, some of the panels that we've already passed here, you, you get an idea of just how much uh, Joker has done on this planet because not only has has he uh, killed Commissioner Gordon on the page that you see him putting on Gordon's jacket, there's that panel where you see the dead bodies of Selina, Penguin, Killer Croc, Scarecrow, and I. Uh, think that's maybe scarface so he's he's just been murdering everybody and uh so he's he's really pushed batman to the farthest point now you know having killed them and then killed gordon and then he's murdering these people right in front of him making batman watch as these parents uh, are killed in front of their kids yeah and when batman gets out he's telling them you're gonna stop you're going to stop now. Yeah. And Joker keeps saying, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing it. There were also two Heath Ledger lines in this. One was, and here we go, when Batman's like attacking the Joker after he breaks free. I heard Heath Ledger's voice in my head. You know, when he's like, and here we go. <laughs> Jokerized kids. Basically, he, he took, I think he took those kids from the crime alley, so to speak, on Earth-22 that he killed their parents. And I think he may have threw them in like an ace chemical sort of um solution like he was thrown into to become the joker so he's basically creating these kids from the origin of batman and the joker together to see how they become i think we see is the one girl um uh, i don't remember if the yeah the the one girl changes on the spot yeah yeah in, like in the alley yeah that the one girl we see her face changing already she starts laughing but then we go we cut back to the Batcave, where there's a training exercise going on with Batgirl, Nightwing. I think Damien and Jason Todd are there too, right? Right. Um, and, and and Drake. Oh, Drake's no. there too. Oh, no. Everyone. Uh, <laughs> Drizzy's there too. Everyone except <laughs> everyone except Damien is there. Dame. Oh, he's on later on, but uh, we'll get to that. The training exercise is much more difficult than usual, and then Batman starts to explain to them how when he killed the Joker. It was a nanotoxin that was released from his body that got into Batman, which would start to merge. Basically, what would happen is Batman and the Joker's trauma would be combined. And you would have this being where it was a highly ordered mind of Batman with the Joker's moral code, which is like none. So that was Joker's last wish, as they put it. In the end, Joker got him. And um, Batman's, got him. Batman's explaining this to us. Jason Todd, Batgirl... Tim Drake and uh, Nightwing. He's explaining this. And then in the process, he reveals that it was a trap. And he just uh, pulls out two like machines, automatic machine guns or whatever and just starts killing. And kills all four of them right there and then. Or, or we think he kills them, but he really... Later on, we see what actually happens to them. And then you got Batman. And uh, at this point, it looks like Joker's face with the makeup underneath the cowl. But then later on, you could see... Instead of purple inside the cape, it's green yeah. with a green emblem. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we need that action figure. Get DC collectibles on the line right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I, I see this as being uh, more uh, movie influence continuing in the comics. It's Even though it, the scene didn't make it in the movie, yeah. uh, there was the, the Jared Leto bat suit that uh, even Hot Toys made. Absolutely. Yeah. I consider that suit being canon now. Yep. Uh, but that, that scene is a mess, though, in the Watchtower. Yeah. Basically. Where he explains uh, all the weapons that they've collected over the years in the trophy room. And how that, uh, he used it against them all. And yet, have, you guys everyone... ever, have you guys ever seen um, Event Horizon? I always bring this movie up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I was watching some clips the other night. Man, that movie's fucked up, man. Remember, remember, mem- remember when... Remember? Remember when the Event Horizon... Remember when we were at the library? <laughs> Remember in the Van Horizon when they go into sick bay and then and then all the bodies are split open and hanging out? That's like what this is when he comes into the watchtower. I swear I felt like that same creepiness of just like seeing is somebody gutted? No, what is it? Someone's severed head, right? That's uh, uh well there's a red, uh, tornado? red tornado's head is there. That's who it Martian is. Martian Manhunter is 
just stretched out all over the place, ripped yeah. in pieces. Hawkman like uh, hanging outside the watchtower. Yeah. I see Hawkman and uh, Plastic Man Plast- hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, Plastic Man, like uh, Flash is wrapped up and strangled by parts of Plastic Man. I, I could have sworn when I saw Martian Manhunter, I didn't know what I was looking at. I thought it was Clayface at first because how messed up he is. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, Clayface isn't a Justice League member. He's a he's a detective comics like uh what do they call him? They just call him the team, right? But uh, he, that's right. He, th- he named he named him uh a couple issues back. I forgot what he called him. Yeah. The X Men. But uh <laughs> <laughs> uh Wonder Woman's lasso is around her neck. It's a, a little a, a little bit autoerotic. I was about to say, Robin. Wow, look at that. <laughs> Save wavelength. <laughs> who's who's outside the that window on the right side? Hawkman. Oh, on the right side. Uh, yeah, on the right side. Oh, beneath the quote. Yeah. Is that, the uh, oh, uh, uh, Guardian. Maybe, maybe Adam. Good. So who's that lowest and Superboy that uh, Clark's with? Uh, yeah, Jonathan. There, yeah. Uh, Jonathan and um, what what does uh, Batman who laughs? He uh... possibly the most twisted part of the issue. Yeah. Where uh. Uh, so Batman has uh, Superman there holding his his wife and his son, and then he throws him that black kryptonite and just watches while Superman tears his family apart. Yeah. That's racist, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right? And you got you so you had the the four dark multiverse Robins, and I'm trying to figure out who ba- Barbara is because they all have the same Robin suit on. Um, yeah. But then you have Damien who. Looks, he looks nuts, man. He just looks like a creepy ass, like elf or something. I don't know. You ever see the Hollow when those creepy demonic fairies come out of the woods? And <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. No, like just even worse, dude. Uh, just creepy. Uh, that that version of uh, of Damien, we saw him in uh, the Gotham Resistance. Oh yeah, that's when it's first revealed that it's Damien, right? Yeah. Batman who laughs is explaining about how he just destroyed the world and Barbados is guiding him, telling him that there's more worlds to be destroyed. And then we cut back to um, when he's in that dark room with the tarot cards. And in front of him looks like this wrapped up, bandaged, shackled, mummy-like figure. The first thing I thought about was like, is that in Hush? Did, any, <laughs> did anyone else think that? Because I was like, first glance, it looked like Hush to me. So, but, uh, I thought, that, I thought uh, Dark Knight Returns Two-Face. <laughs> okay, mm. yeah. But uh, with, with the blood coming around... Around the eyes, it looked like it could have been Superman from the earlier scene. His, his eyes were bleeding. Do you, who do you think it is? It's not, well, is it Batman? What is it? No. What happens to Batman? That's, he becomes a Batman who laughs, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, so he's the Batman. But yeah. It could be someone from, yeah, it could be someone from any world, basically. We don't know it, what it world be, he's it could in. Be, right. It could be Superman. It could be Bruce from another world. It could be it could be current Damien time from another world. It could be like years ago. I, I think know. it's Bruce, but we don't know who it is, but it it would make more sense. Yeah, but isn't Bruce. isn't Bruce still trapped in the dark multiverse somewhere? Yeah, the he's, thing is, he's yeah. stuck on the uh, tuning tuning fork. Yeah, but but the only thing is, we don't know when or where this is taking place with the tarot yeah. cards. Yeah, he so. he's also having uh you know because Batman Batman lost, he's also having these crazy images. So it might be like an image being projected into his mind while he's attached to the tuning fork. Easily, because he's and, going through um, playing cards as well. Into the dark multiverse. The different um, nightmares that are coming, which is crazy because, you know, you've only seen the dark night so far, but then all of a sudden we see this imagery of every type of nightmare that Batman has had or every type of, um, like, fear that Batman has had that's coming, that hasn't even come yet. And I, because oh, wait, of the ones... I see um, dark side with, like, a Superman kind of suit or a Kryptonian suit. I see Badass uh, looking. Flash with a spider body. Yeah, I see Black Canary with Negan's bat, which is kind of cool. Ooh. She grabbed Negan's bat and got. <laughs> there, there's a there's like a vampire looking Batman in the back too. I see Dallas Hume from uh, Street Fighter with the. I thought that was Wolverine at first. <laughs> I you like that one. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was um, Wolverine too. <laughs> so, there's there's also there's also a freaky looking like. Kind of Batman who laughs looking Superman, like a Superman yeah. who laughs in there also. That's really creepy Superman. There's like a it. twisted Doctor Fate in there. Oh, that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. And then the the ass face um, on steroids from Preacher. So you know, the circular face. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what part is awesome is um, when oh no wrong wrong book. But we'll get to that <laughs> later. But it's also it's a tie-in for for um, Batman who laughs. But it has to do with. 
the Batman who laughs and his voice and who he is. But we'll get to that one. But yeah, it's it's really really cool. Yeah, I think it's Bruce for some reason that's in the shackles. I mean, it would just make sense, wouldn't it? But our Bruce. Yeah, Batman <laughs> who laughs says, "You see, a Batman who laughs is a Batman who always wins," and then he starts laughing uncontrollably and uh, it's a dark issue batman who laughs man i uh man if you're in therapy you might not want to you might want to wait for this <laughs> i don't know dude. this is a this is a dark issue man this is a gloomy dark issue it, it just shows how savage the batman who laughs is he's just it's yeah. heavy doc he's like uh, like i say he's like pinhead boy cenobite totally get that feeling you do not know pain your pain, your pain will be legendary <laughs> I would have been okay with them doing like a even a, a mini series for the Batman Who Laughs origin. I'm sure it's all coming, man. I never mean, say never, Legends. Dude, these characters are extremely. Let's, let's keep this metal. Let's keep this metal train going. Oh shit! You heard? It, you know it's oh, it's so crazy and funny to see how I think that like when it was first announced, people were kind of on the fence. It sounded awesome, but then also people were like, man, it kind of sounds cheesy. <laughs> you know, it kind of sounds yeah. like it might be cheese. Yeah, and I then didn't like the title at first. Everyone is like, this is fucking awesome. Well, I'll be honest with you. If it was just the metal story, I'd be like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, very Morrison. But it's the one shots from the Dark Multiverse Batman that everyone's in love with that brings it to mm-hmm. life. You know, that's what. Yeah, that's that's what's really making it great. Well, would you say well, that the main story is like an, a New York pie, but then all the one shots <laughs> kind of represent that? Uh, that Sicilian. Cannolis cannolis and and garlic knots. <laughs> garlic knots, yeah. There you go, the garlic knots. <laughs> Let's get into Batman number 35, Talia versus Selena. Ding, ding, ding. Talia versus Catwoman. I tell uh, you. Th- if she doesn't uh, take her, if, if Talia doesn't win, boy, it's going to be an issue. This issue is going <laughs> This issue is going to make a lot of people happy, and it's also going to piss a lot of people off. So it certainly is. It's going to be polarizing. Like but it, isn't that what Tom King aims for, those uh, Monday morning uh, debates? Yeah. Yeah, that's what <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they ain't talking about you, then uh, you ain't doing it right. I'll tell you, man. True. Tom King loves Catwoman. And I love Catwoman, and I think uh, our friend that that Mrs. Nash Cat is gonna really appreciate this issue of Batman number thirty-five, boy. So. Yo, real quick, shout out to Dat Nash Cat for being in the trenches right now, slapping fools, slapping Wonder Bat fans in Twitter right now at this moment. Yeah, she's going up solo, bro, just slapping and backhanding. Wonder Bat fans like crazy. I saw her this afternoon on Twitter just going ham. Going ham. <laughs> Sword fight between uh, Catwoman and Talia. And what's kind of cool about this is that Catwoman doesn't have a mask on. So it's like girl to girl. You know, it's very personal. It's hot. I mean, how how hot is this? It is in the desert, so I would assume it's probably in oh, like gosh. the 112s. <laughs> I should have threw in like a... Uh some mud or something you know, made a, a mud fight this, this is a good episode to throw that into amongst all the all the allegations right now it's really good <laughs> everyone's gonna be right Consen- consensual mud <laughs> good dialogue between the two Talia's going on about how when she was a kid or whatever her father just smacked her and gave her a sword and told her how to fight and brought her back to life and then Selena's like, you know, well, bitch, nobody ever gave me anything, and look, I'm fighting you right now. So, you know, this was um, this was Selena. And I like that she she threw in that uh, picked up a sword maybe once or twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and here she is, fight, sword fighting. Right. That, is this impressive? <laughs> you know, the whole thing is Tali is asking Catwoman or Selena, do you really think he loves you? You know, I always love how Talia or Roz or Mr. Freeze refer to Batman as detective. I think it's really cool and respectful. And she keeps referring to, like, you know, you're a fool. Do you think he loves you? And Selena knows the deal. She's, she knows that he's he's just a foolish child in love with this ideal. Uh, yeah, that, that was Selena saying that yeah, she understands that she's always going to be second. He, you know, he'll he'll betray me for the mission. Yeah, but she doesn't yeah, he's, care. He's a stupid. A stupid man that I'm stupidly in love with. That was a great quote. I love that quote, man. Shout out Tom King. He did it well. Damien and Nightwing. Damien and Dick are talking. and You know, I really like their dynamic. I need to go read The Absolute of Batman and Robin by, uh, that's Grant Morrison with, uh, when Dick's Batman and, uh, Robin. It's a great yeah. run. Yeah, it is. It's a good run. You know what? I actually 
don't really I'm not the biggest Nightwing or Damien fan, but them together I really like mm-hmm. for some reason. That's that was that was the whole thing about that Batman and Robin run right. is is Grant Morrison I think like alluded to and they said it multiple times they are the best Batman and Robin right. together. Yeah. Like they're the best Batman and Robin team. Because and, they're so they you know Dick's youthful and laid back too and not yeah. like Batman and Damien's a wild card. So. It's, it's he's, nice. It's nice when the, we get more of these uh, moments between the two of them coming back together. Yeah. You know, we we just get yeah. them sprinkled from time to time. Yeah, it works. It really works with these. And it, it, it makes sense that Dick's the one that that goes and follows Damien to be with him, like when when this goes down. You know, because he's obviously because of the Morrison run in the history he's the aside from actually I would say that Nightwing's even closer to Damien than Bruce is I would think that yeah. it's probably Nightwing then Alfred then Bruce yeah that's, that's kind of how like the the closeness in that family maybe works out so it's okay because you get Scott Snyder and Tom King with the Batman right the main Batman writers right now and you could see how Tom King's using what Morrison laid out for Dick and Damien and you could see what Snyder's building on from Morrison what Morrison laid out with the whole multiverse it's like they're carrying the torch now from you know what Morrison laid out which Damien and Dick are talking about Batman being selfless he's always taking the first hit when they get in a fight you know with with whoever and that's why it was difficult for him to accept the happiness he got from Selina because he he kind of never asks for anything. Nightwing's explaining to Damien, who is only 13 and might not understand that Batman might is trying to search for a piece of happiness, but it's hard for him to ask for that. Because these are the closest people to Batman, or some of the closest. So you have a Dick and Damien speaking, and you also have Catwoman and Selina fighting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the entire issue is a fight, but uh, there's a lot of dialogue through it. For, shout, uh, shout out to Tom King with the dialogue in this one. There Legends loves happen. words. Now this issue looks fantastic too. Uh, that's Joel Jones and Jordi Belair. Uh, I think uh, Joel really started to find her Selena and her Bruce in this issue. Oh yeah, I love the way she. Jo- I would, she I would agree. Down. This definitely. And, uh, it's funny how like she got better in three issues, right? Yeah, and uh, the, the, during the Italia and uh, Selena fight panels. Some of the and, and in some of the Dick and Damien uh, panels too, the the night sky behind everyone, the colors and the stars in it just look fantastic. It's very sweet, Robin. This, this is, it's a, it's a really <laughs> good. This is just a really good looking issue. Everything that was was perfect in this. Yes, I agree. Totally agree. Uh, I love you know. What right. I, you know what I love is um. I don't know why, man. I just fucking love her hair like that. Short black. That's Selena yeah, Kyle. Very sweet. Yeah, she's and and very catwoman. Th- those green cat eyes. She says that she knows she'll always be second to an to a child's idiotic fantasy about total justice. It was a Holly Robinson. Well, Selena. Oh, she, Selena. Is well, the Selena. One. Selena stated that she was the one that killed the people. So. They're trying to find Holly so she can basically fess up, I, I believe. Yeah. To, back, to going, going, going back to rooftops, uh, when Bruce was supposed to take Selena in, uh, but instead he asked her to marry her. Basically, it, it was uh, revealed there that Holly had actually committed all these murders that Selena had taken the rap for. So they can't possibly, you know, have this life together while Selena is taking the rap for, you know, 137 or whatever murders. Mm. Yeah, she, she's not bona fide. 237. I don't see how some people will get mad that uh, the outcome of the fight when Talia could have easily won, but she just let her emotions distract her. Well, I actually have, uh, I'm not saying this is the case, but this is possible. I could see this being it. Who is drag uh, so racing at this time of night? Someone that's living on the 110. That's Legend's Mustang. <laughs> the, the whole time, it felt like, Sort of a, a job interview. Talia's talking to Selena, you know, asking her questions about herself, what she thinks she deserves, what she thinks she's worthy of. I could see it being that Talia, yes, she had the chance to kill Selena, and she opted not to because she saw that this isn't uh, the usual class of woman that Bruce is usually just taken to bed, right. and that this is someone worthy of him. Because she she says to Bruce in the end, you know, oh, so this so this is the one. Bruce says, yeah, and she says, I like her. Well, you, so you know, I another, think maybe she, I, she let it go because she decided, okay, well, this girl, yeah. this isn't some rich girl that had everything handed to her that right. uh, that he's decided he's, to marry. But yeah, but I'm going to let her. At the same time, she has the sword to Selena's throat, and then Selena grabs it while her hands are bleeding, and she says, uh, 
I only got nine lives and, uh, you know, I'm not going to waste one on you or something like that. So she takes the sword and she kicks Talia in the face and then puts the sword in her fucking back. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell me Talia was giving her that shit. You know, well, I, I don't think she expected to get a, a sword put in her back. Right. But, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like, yes, she had the ch- she had just taken out Batman, you know, put a sword in his back. And then I don't feel like she followed that up by just getting beaten by Selena. You know, I, I feel like Talia could have taken that fight anytime she wanted it do, and decided she wasn't going to kill. Do you guys think that Nash cat is going to get a tattoo of Selena putting the knife in Talia's back or Wonder yeah. Woman's back? <laughs> yeah, She'll probably make it her I, I think that she, she probably hates uh, Talia a little bit more because Talia had an actual relationship. Well, she'll argue that she was that Talia raped him, but she probably hates. I I would think she hates Talia more than she hates Wonder Woman. So she would probably get that sword through the back right there. I'm still waiting to uh, go on Twitter one day and see uh, Batman accusing Talia of sexual harassment. Oh shit! It's coming. And Batman, will, this... Batman will get suspended. <laughs> Holly asks, after all this time, did you came here to to make me confess and? Selena says no, not to make you, but she's basically there to to appeal to her and see if she see if she'll uh, own up to what she did, yeah. so that Selena can go ahead and live her life. Yeah. So this is a book of acceptance. Everyone's accepting Selena now. Talia tells Bruce, "I like her," and then they're coming out of that that area. They they're coming out of Castle Grayskull right there in that panel and. Uh, <laughs> Damien and uh, Dick are waiting for them, and Catwoman just goes meow. <laughs> yeah, meow. <laughs> it's so Tom King, dude. Does anyone actually think this wedding is going to take place? No, there's no way. I think that what's going to happen is um, Bruce and Selena are like at the church. Selena's walking down the aisle, and then it's like, does anyone object to this union? And then all of a sudden, like, the lights go out and, like, this big screen comes up and the Joker comes on the screen. And he goes, I do. And, like, he kind of goes into this thing. And then uh, the image, he rolls a video clip of a knocked out, drugged Selena that he married in Vegas. So then Bruce, <laughs> Bruce can't marry Selena because the Joker has already married Selena. And so it's like this whole, like, what the fuck moment. And it's like, obviously, that turns into another arc. Of like what happens now that Catwoman's married to the Joker it was yeah. just ripped from uh, from WWF uh, when when uh, Tess was trying to marry Stephanie McMahon and then <laughs> Triple H married her instead and then like they just stuck that was that was forever. That's funny when you said the lights go out. I thought you were gonna say and it was the Undertaker. <laughs> it's also wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was gonna say he can't because they're friends from work. Hundred fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Damien asks Bruce if he's happy and he says I'm getting there. He asked if he saw Tally. He goes. Yeah, she stabbed your dad in the back, so I stabbed her in the back. He's like, I see. Well, the more things change, I guess they allude to the more things stay the same. So guys, take us through the finale of Bats Out of Hell. This was uh, Justice League, correct? Yeah, Justice, Justice League, League 33. 33. The best thing I can say about Bats Out of Hell, usually when there are tie-in issues to an event book, they barely have anything to do. Like It'll briefly touch on something from the events of the main series but these four issues bridged an entire gap between metal issue three and issue four right it's almost like you have to read this yeah yeah if if you have if you didn't pick up uh the last issues of flash justice league hal jordan and then this issue of justice league you need to read them before metal issue four regular justice league members fighting the dark multiverse batman it, it really is uh this one picks up where we left off uh the justice league had basically had their asses handed to them by the dark knights and they've all been uh just uh taken hostage and they were being brought to uh to be strapped in on the uh the tuning fork but uh then we see what's left of cyborg like they had previously uh batman who laughs was trying to extract something from cyborg's uh mother box element x is what he wanted to uh, to extract from cyborg so he's uh trying to uh mentally break him so he can finally take this uh, extract it from his mother box but then we see the mother box start speaking to cyborg so like we see uh all this imagery just things happening in his mind and he's interacting with the box and it's trying to convince him to basically give up what's left of his humanity 
and let the mother box take over his body and it would just erase his humanity. And it's trying to convince him that it on its own, you know, if, if you give up, let me take over your body, I'll be able to defeat the Dark Knights and, and save the multiverse for you. Mm. you know, the multiverse doesn't need you to exist. You, you know this, you know that you're not needed. Let me take over and I can fix everything. Uh, okay. But then uh, someone else starts talking to him and is uh, pleading with him to, to not do that, you know, telling him, no, you're stronger than that. You know, you know, you don't need to do this. And we find out later that it was Raven. Basically, Cyborg let the mother box in just enough. It's sort of like they compromise. It rebuilds Cyborg's body, but like he stepped way up. Yeah. Uh, and he check calls out himself, this. Yeah. And, and check out this page, man. Cyborg 1 million. Yeah, he calls himself Cyborg Cyborg 1 million. Oh, shit. And He fucking looks uh, awesome. Damn. So now he's uh, using his mother box to interfere with uh, Murder Machine's control. And he frees all of the Justice League members. So now they're all standing there face to face with each other. So he freed the Justice League and uh, they start to throw down with the Dark Knights. Hey, before but you then, even... Before you even wrap that up, can we just give a quick notable mention to uh, David Finch's Dark Knight's Metal number three variant cover? Which was it that, oh. that super was that Superman and Cyborg? Is that who the yeah that's... Superman and Cyborg one million? That is one of the best <laughs> best variant best comic book covers I've ever seen in my life, and it's not even Batman on it. So that, yeah, is... that thing is crazy. Yeah, that's out of control. He frees uh, the Justice League. So they start fighting with the Dark Knight, and uh, uh, I think it was um, Dawnbreaker that, uh, you know, is, is just talking shit that, you know, because basically, from what we've seen in the past, the Dark Knight should be able to handle the Justice League again. But then uh, I think it's that Cyborg opens up a boom tube, and then Dr. Fate comes through with Deathstroke and Mr. Terrific. So they have all these other people in that Raven as well. Right, and so also with uh, Cyborg's new ability, he's able to, like, look into all look into the dark multiverse and the rest of these worlds where these uh, dark knights have come from. So he knows all their origins now. Um, and he's, he's, he says that these are not Batman's fears. These are the result of his regrets, like each of their stories, which I thought was pretty cool. So th th they're basically saying that we, we already beat you guys. And then I think uh, Cyborg or somebody says, you've, you've only beat us one-on-one. -on -one, you haven't beat us as a team. Um, and that these Dark Knights are, are only Bruce and Bruce can be defeated. He, he essentially um, opens up a portal to a, uh, what does he call it? Hyper time. It's yes. kind of like a, uh, he calls it a web of time streams outside the multiverse. Oh, shit. So he, he, he escapes the Justice League and takes him into this hyper time um, place and then the flash says uh i've only raced along its borders i've never seen it from this angle so not even the flash is like fully yeah. aware of of uh this hyper time so cyborg is pretty much uh garnered like all these new abilities he he uh saves the day in the words of my my oldest daughter when she's playing toys with me she likes to say uh batman saves the day except <laughs> cyborg saved the day today <laughs> and then uh i guess barbados Starts talking to uh, Batman, who laughs, saying that uh, I thought you, I thought you figured everything out. You didn't uh, think about this uh, hiccup with Cyborg. It might be, uh, it might be uh, basically a road bump. But Batman laughs, basically says, uh, as long as we have the Teen Titans and um, Task Force X, they'll come back to them. So they should, he shouldn't be worried. And then uh, Cyborg basically takes uh, Raven and Flash, and he wants to use his ability to uh, manipulate the multiverse now to their advantage to help fight uh, the Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. But then uh, we see further that Batman Who Laughs is explaining that basically it seems like uh, he expected all this to happen and uh, he he says that the justice league are unknowingly spreading your darkness across the galaxy so they might be doing exactly what he wanted them to do now uh, some of the shots of barbados in this issue are ridiculously cool uh, i don't i don't know whose pages are which some some of these barbados pages look like maybe more tyler kirkham style than uh than mikhail janin's do tyler kirkham but just some is really cool work on barbados Meow. This is Selena Kyle. Some call me Catwoman. And when I'm not pulling the 
perfect crime snatching diamonds along with Batman's heart all over Gotham, I'm curled up next to my kitty and listening to Bat Force Radio. Super Sons was awesome this week. I think it's what, Super Sons issue 10? Okay. Um, Damien and um, John get their own like cave. Um, <laughs> That's cool. It's, dude, it's rad. It's such a rad issue. So basically... Uh, Bruce gives Damien and John their own like base, but it's it comes with a price. And Damien, it, it is sounds not like happy. Step Brothers. <laughs> so much room for activities, dude. Th- it's it's so, th- this that series is so good. So that's a great great issue. Uh, and then you get to see Bruce interact and Batman interact with Damien, and Superman interact with John. And then Superman has been nutty as hell. And um, a couple of issues back. They get beamed onto um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Darkseid's planet, New Genesis, oh, right? Yeah. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I'm sorry. New Genesis is where all uh, high yeah. attack. Anyways, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they get beamed on a, a apocalypse, and uh, Granny Goodness um, is coming oh, to uh, take some names, dude. But uh, just awesome, 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 awesome. Um, they're trying to uh, take Luther in, and Superman's got to save him again. And, uh, good stuff. Those two issues definitely pick those up for sure. There's a lot of great stuff that we didn't have time to cover, but we should transfer over to Stranger Things because it's Dayan. Well, before before we move over to comics, let just real quickly it, again this week an, an issue didn't come out, but let's just touch on White Knight again because <laughs> it's, it's that good. So good, dude. Man. Well, Batman White Knight right is is currently sitting at our best bat book out so far for the stack in Commissioner Gordon's office. So, so if you haven't read yeah, that gonna... yet, pick up the first two issues and uh, treat yourself because uh, quintessential Gotham city comic book. So yeah. This that's, that's if you don't like, if you're too scared of jumping into metal and it's too much of an event and there's too much backstory that you're scared of. If you want to dip your toes in the pool, White Knight. Queen, right? Yeah, yeah. White, White Knight is uh, a much more accessible story for people who aren't already uh, steeped in the DC universe. You don't yeah, even have even to if... read because most exactly. of the fuckers don't read these days anyway. You can just look <laughs> at the pictures, man. I mean, uh-huh. Sean Murphy's it's, it's like looking at God. page after page of memes. So easy. <laughs> <laughs> if you subscribe to more than three meme pages, you can go and watch read this book. <laughs> And, and it's getting uh, approval uh, from everybody now. Uh, Including? Paul signed yes. off on it. And that Nash uh, cat. Harley's baby daddy uh, signing off on Sean Murphy's take. So. I, love I bet you he's... Bruce Tim hates it. No. <laughs> well, well, because we're, we're two issues in and Bruce hasn't fucked anybody. Actually, uh, sp- <laughs> speaking of that, uh, we just saw the cover art for the, uh, the, cover for the Gotham by Gaslight uh Blu-ray DVD coming out in 2018, Ooh, and it looks really yeah. good. So I saw the trailer, and the trailer looks really good. So I'm actually pretty excited about that one. You know, uh, I don't use the term stupendous too often, but I'm going to use it here. I'm going to say it looks stupendous. DC animation rules, DC video games rule, DC comics rule, and wait till Justice League motherfucker taking that movie crown. Oh yeah, shit. what what you want? You gotta better call right. your friends. You of... better call your friends from work. Peel up some orange slices. Yeah. And sing Kumbaya, have some dance That's, also. that's right, little turning baby the, legends. Turning the, turning the world upside down. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby legends. Oh, not, not to mention Bat Book 7 out of the top 10 last month. Right? Yeah. And Metal Metal it's, got what, the, like four of them, five of them? Yeah, uh, cool. Metal was, Metal Issue 3 was number one. Here, I, I have the list here. Yeah. In the midst of Marvel's uh, latest reboot, they only fit three books into the top 10. Uh, and how many titles four, did they launch? Uh, like uh, 12? Yeah. Uh, 92 or something. Uh, <laughs> you know what it they, is? They got uh, Mighty Thor number 700, Amazing Spider-Man, and Deadpool made it into the top 10. Ew. The rest of the top 10 was Metal Issue 3, Batman 32, Batman 33, The Drowned, Dawnbreaker, Merciless, and White Knight number 1. You know, if Ooh. if you go to in stock trades, there's a, a, a top ten most, I guess, purchased book, top seller, and eight out of ten of those books are DC, and the other two are Marvel. So it's like, they, they think, think about it. These are uh, the, these are the top ten comics to read with your friend from work. <laughs> all, a lot of all the like Marvel fans I know, or even the shows that are put out there, 
like 90% of them are saying that Marvel Comics just suck right now. Like they don't know what to do. I think their whole creative team and, and editorial is just there's the, the energy's bad it seems like. Like they just it, and they just lost a we haven't mentioned right. they just lost we the big dick over there. We haven't even talked about Bendis. Yeah, Brian Bendis, Michael Bendis. Yeah. That's huge news that we have to cover right now. Right now. Right Bendis right now. Bendis right now. left Marvel right and now. signed with DC and I'm uh, I mean what do you guys think That's of that? That's nutty. Do you think you think this guy uh, has anything to bring to the table, or do you think his creative juices are gone? What do you guys think? No, absolutely, he has something think, to bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, he's got something to prove. I think Marvel was basically telling him what to do, right, and right. Uh, he he didn't have any sort of creative control. Dude, like he wrote House of M. If you got, if you and, like and X Men, Alias, he, yeah, and and he's yeah. responsible for Alias, like the the part of Alias that the Netflix series was based on. Right. That's that's his work too. He, even yeah, even so the he's... new uh, the new Defenders uh, comic is really good. I mean, they're only like six or seven issues in, but that's been great. He created uh, Ultimate Spidey. He created Jessica yeah. Jones. He created Morales. Ultimate Spidey. Jessica so I Jones. Think, uh, so Miles Morales. I think this is. I yeah, think Miles. this yeah. is. I think this is exactly what he needs. You know, he's been at Marvel forever, and now he gets to come. Play with a new set of toys, and oh, if you see if you see the pictures he's been posting on his Instagram, he's got stacks of yeah. just hard covers and stuff that DC have sent Omnibuses. him. Omnibuses, yeah. omnibuses, boy, um, Omni pigs, boy. He, they they sent him enough books to make in stock trades feel ashamed. Yeah, it, it it looks like it looks like the the uh, Black Friday in stock trade delivery. Who do you want to see Bendis handle in the DC uh, comic book universe? Nightwing. Nightwing, okay. That'd be cool. All right, that's cool. The day it was announced, the, uh, this is probably just a rumor, but the day that it was announced, I saw a rumor going around, and people were actually commenting on his tweets, I can't wait to see your work on Watchmen. Yeah, oh, so I saw right. that. There's a rumor that he's going to be doing a Watchmen. And that I could see that making sense as like a final bargaining chip to get him to jump over maybe Jeff Johns or Dan DiDio saying, well... If you come over, we'll give you Watchmen. Yeah. Tom, what would Dan DiDio say, Tom? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brian, we're trying to get you to come over and do some comic books, okay? And, and I don't know what we got to throw in front of you to say yes. <laughs> but, but how about you? Which, how about we give you a Watchmen book? How about that? <laughs> you I think, love, you it, think it, when he I was... I feel uh, like Dan DiDio is right in front of me when we do that. <laughs> <laughs> you think when he was signing that contract uh, and he finally said yes, you think Dan DiDio had a pin or did he have to ask for one? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, no, no. I think he was Ron wondering Bendis. where that uh, Lego Batman guy is. Uh, yeah. to bring him a pen. Mm. Bendis was freaking out so hard, man. He was just like, does anyone have a pen? <laughs> Bendis was Get just me out of this out. evil Marvel atmosphere. Yeah. Hey, if you could um, bring one writer who's not on contract right now with DC to do a Batman book or story. Remender, boy. Remender, right? Yeah, that's what I always say, dude. Remender. I'm going man. Jason Aaron. Oh, shit. Jason Aaron would be good. Jason. I've been but, wanting uh, Jason after, Aaron for so long. After that... Uh, Bendis announcement. Jonathan Hickman tweeted something that uh, looked kind of ominous, and people uh, started speculating he was next. What? What was that picture he tweeted? I can't. It was a picture from a movie. He 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 met with Jim Lee uh, at the beginning of the summer, and at the yeah. beginning of the summer, Jim Lee posted plotting world domination with Jonathan Hickman, making me believe that they had already signed on to do something. World domination, what does that mean, right? You know what a big, what so, a big thing is, too, is um, in Marvel, in Marvel Comics and editorial, there seems to be a really bad energy over there, conflict. You go to DC, man, you got, like, Jeff Johns and Tom King and Snyder and Joshua Williamson just bouncing the ball off the wall. I, and Marvel need to make two changes real quick. Uh, I think uh, Axel Alonso needs to have someone uh, step in for him. I think Marvel needs to figure out who their Jeff Johns is, mm -hmm. the guy who knows their universe as good as anyone on the planet and has good, fresh ideas and isn't just going to keep pushing them into event book after event. And then after that, they need to make Jason Aaron, a co-publisher, and throw mm -hmm. a lot of money at him before they lose him too. If Jason Aaron leaves Marvel, it's a wrap. Yeah, they're, it's, they're, it's, it's uh, kind of been a wrap. Slot's going down with the ship, boy. <laughs> Slot is the ship, dude. He's gonna be the. He's gonna be playing that violin. <laughs> fucking dance, fucking Slot. And you know what? Their their movie universe, I think, is gonna change too because 
they're gonna release Infinity Jokes next year in 2018, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> but yo, you have to think about this. That's that's their load. So after yeah. that, because there's gonna be all these new contracts. I mean, look at the other movies they're pumping out, like The Wasp and and Black Panther. We're all due respect to the characters and the actors and everything. Nobody really gives a fuck about those. I mean, they'll make some money, but, you know, their their universe is about to change, too. Whatever loads they had, they kind of, like, blew already, man. So. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're about to kill uh, Iron Man and Captain America. Right. Which are their flagships? Which Owen? But, to be fair, very few people gave a shit about Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr. played. And the last two Iron Man films kind of sucked. They did. It's yeah, they The last one did for sure. T- you know Tom, what's funny? My question to Tom is, as you see in the movie, how many people are going to want to see the Aquaman movie after Justice League? I think the three movies that I want to see coming out of this are the most. Number one Flash, is Batman. solo Batman movie. Right. Oh, yeah. Solo Batman movie because you see so many Batman moments that you're like, I just want this for two hours. <laughs> Flash... And Aquaman. That's that's the three that I came out saying we need that like push to the front of the schedule. Aquaman, we're getting. Um, I can't remember what the what the what movie is. What movie is next to start filming since Aquaman's already wrapped up? Uh, it's supposed to be Batman. Uh, yeah. Well, is it? Uh, and no. Well, one of them was possibly. From, I think it's possibly. Flash. Well, they they want to get started production at least pre production on Wonder Woman, but we just. Uh, read today before recording that Ooh, gal uh, not gal, too happy yeah gal does gal will not sign on for wonder woman 2 unless wb pushes brett ratner and his company out as a financer right because they his sexual harassment allegations that, she doesn't want to be associated and good for her she is there is literally no better person in comic movies to take a stand against that's massive because I think Wonder Woman 2 is going to be a billion-dollar movie. Right. And with the success of the first one, there's going to be companies lining up to help produce this film if if, uh, Ratner's out. Yeah. So she's like a real-life Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's she's, she's so perfect to be the poster child for getting rid of that. She's like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah. I love her so much. I love her so much. Man, this is a this is a chunky night in Commissioner Gordon's office, man. Let's not forget about that new uh, Mira six issue miniseries mm. that they announced this past mm. week. Yeah, they're really thinking. <laughs> Tom, are we gonna fall in love with Mira in uh, Justice League as well? How? T- oh yeah. <laughs> I, I like everything I see, man. Another reason why you're gonna want that Aquaman movie is um that that cameo. But you know, we'll we'll talk about it when you Black guys see Manta it as well. But, uh, all right, so we want to jump into um, Stranger Things 2 review. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, little baby. But you... Are you tickling her? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that least sounds we like Paul Dini doing the... Vincent Price. <laughs> we officially have the cutest podcast. For sure. Before we even review Stranger Things 2, I just want to give a quick notable mention to Netflix's Death Note movie, which I mm. watched recently, and would recommend to everyone it is fucking cool awesome movie when did that come out uh not too long ago like a, it's like a, in the last month i think it was like a month ago from start to finish you are locked in it's such a good story. dude hey hey uh tom wasn't that the one that they had a world premiere at sdcc this past year i want to say that does sound very familiar yeah it's based on the manga series which i heard is amazing as well and it's also on netflix as well the original series that's a long series in in the yeah, book yeah yeah it's, a it's, long uh, series. it's at least like 10 to 12 uh books and like like thick books not like comics like yeah. novel size manga books stranger things 2 i'll probably yes. i'll be devil's advocate tonight so you guys want to open it up oh yeah you're you're gonna be a bit of a naysayer on it aren't you well, I, um, are you... I I was I was like not paying attention to how many episodes I'd watched and uh, we're watching it. And all of a sudden I notice I'm on the last episode and on Netflix, they have like two or three different like um, behind the scenes episodes. There's like three episodes after the last one. So I'm like looking ahead. I'm like, oh, I got three more episodes left. And it's like the final episode. I'm like, what the fuck? Huh. That's it? Man, dude, Nancy's bomb. <laughs> I knew that was where you were going. Like, what is <laughs> did they did they not show her at all like that until the, that last episode? Yeah, I, I think that's the way it is. Uh they they saved that bullet until they showed her in the tub. Good God. That's Smoking. right up Tom's alley right there. Smoke bro. <laughs> Tom, Tom loves him some milk, boy. Give, give, it, give her give her like five more years and she'll be perfect. 
Get her right up so, to like Tom, forty-seven. Tom's waiting 48. for her to get to that uh, grainy goodness level. Um, I feel like I feel like this season really didn't advance the story at all. No, it's one of my one of my biggest gripes with watching the season. I, I enjoyed it, but we still don't know much about. Um, it didn't do anything. Uh, like, yeah, we don't. We're like yeah. in the same position we were after season one. Yeah, that, that's that's a huge gripe. I, yeah. I I don't entirely agree with that because we we found out that there are other people out there still with the abilities of of eleven. Yeah, but you know, they kind of did that in the first scene of episode one of season two. They kind of established that. But Star Wars episode but, one. But then we and, and then, then we, we get, learn their and relationship then we get episode, together. Right. Then we get episodes. I mean, episode seven where they. The thing. The thing is, um, you don't really compare a lot of things, but you can compare seasons in a series. You know, that's that's because it's the same show. So for season one was mind blowing because of all the mystery. Where who the hell's eleven? Where does her powers come from? What's the upside down? What's the Demogorgon? What's this lab all about? Where's Will? All this shit kept me wanting to go to the next episode. Like, oh god, I gotta watch another one after this ended. With season two, there wasn't any mystery. It was just this shadow monster who who never materialized. If you think about it, and so that was. And I found this season painfully predictable. Everything from Bob to uh, just um, Eleven finding her mother, which we knew about from season one, and then the whole thing. Bob with- deserved better. Jack just <laughs> pronounced Mama. You know what? You got to give him credit. What's the guy's name in real life? Sean Astin. Bob. Sean Astin. I mean, that's yeah. the Goonies Go- Goon- boy. Goonies, Rudy, saving Lord Fra- of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. The, the Dude, voice of Raphael not, this- in the Ninja Turtles. One of my series? one of my coworkers looks. Exactly like this guy, and then and then Bob saves them. I mean, and, uh, just just a side note: Sean Astin is a super nice dude. Yeah, he's a, he's, yeah, a, he's pretty funny. He, he's a pop culture legend. He he was at a con here last year, and uh, uh, we were talking to him at uh, at an after party, and you know it, it was here in Canada. So he was telling that he was telling the story of crossing the border to get over here. So as he's uh, trying to get across the border, you know, he's going through immigration. And the lady at the border is asking, you know, what his business is, and he explains that, you know, I'm I'm going to a comic convention. She's like, oh, well, what did, why do you have to go to the comic convention? He's like, oh, well, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be speaking and, you know, doing some panels and doing uh, doing some autograph signings. And the lady's like, why, was that, why would anyone want to hear you speak? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, I, I do, uh, you know, I, I'm in movies and, and television. <laughs> she just didn't know at all who he was. He's the voice of Raphael in the TMNT series, too. And he's this, guy, this guy has also, done it all. Yeah, he's a legend. He's like Legends, a, a, uh, baby legends might, uh, might know him from uh, Special Agent Oso. <laughs> Nope, don't watch that one. Was, <laughs> you're mi- missing I, out. It's uh, it's I, like a, it's like the James Bond of uh, of kids' cartoons. Oh, Maybe I just thought that story that. was hilarious, by the way. Other quick gripe: when she went to see number eight, her sister in the city, that felt yeah. like that just ran off course and went back. I, I didn't see yeah, it. the it, the end of episode six was like the cliffhanger with the demo dogs, and then they demo Gorgon. Yeah, I'm I'm really mad because that night I I had to work the next day and I was staying up late and I'm like, yeah, one more episode, one more episode. And episode 7 happened to be that episode and I was even I was so furious because it it didn't really further the end of episode 6. Yeah. yeah. And uh like Max and her brother, the, these new characters feel so shoehorned in. I I don't know, maybe I just don't find there's nothing to them. There's, I think I they know. they tried the the purpose they served was to flush out I think a little bit of her backstory and to also kind of give her um guidance as to who she is and how she said you know they're they're always going to fear you you're always going to be a f- i think she says like in the rooftop scene yeah. you're always going to be a freak to them you know you can never Tom trust King, them. Rooftop. Yeah. i think then- i think her sister being there her sister was like her mickey like she pushed her to to do things that she couldn't do before you know she made her stronger i got a, I got a, I got a better example for you like, her sis- like her yoda her sis- her, no her sister was like palpatine and mm. Eleven was like uh, Anakin, and he's like, yes, yes, lift up this 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 uh, van or truck, whatever it was. Shut your it's, feelings, it's, you know it to be true. Right, her did anybody get more. that vibe? <laughs> I like her uh, power. I, that was, yeah, I also, I also felt like um, X-Men uh, First Class with Kevin Bacon and uh, kind of being forceful with Magneto. And how to <laughs> Thank you, little legends. Uh I, I think the addition of the two characters, you said it felt shoehorned in. I think they felt like the typical 80s 
series, the way they would introduce new characters that would be, you know, peripherally important to the story. I, I think the way they were introduced felt so 80s, it was perfect for the show. True. But I, I almost felt like it was... I thought there was going to be something more to them. Like, I thought for a second that Max might have had some kind of power and her brother brought her to the town to get her away from something else. I don't know. I felt like there was something more to them. And then I, I learned, think, okay, they're, yeah. just, they're, they're more people in the this ragtag group of friends. This, you know? Max, Max seemed more of an important character than... Oh, no, I'm sorry. What's Max's brother's name? Billy? Yeah, yeah Billy. I, I feel like Billy was more of an important character than Max was. Billy was kind of like the representation of uh, where Steve had come from and like where he was and how kind of yeah. juxtapositioning uh, Billy next to Steve and you realize, holy shit, this kid is not who he used to be. Like, look at where he was or where he could have been yeah. and look where he is now. You know, and it kind of it kind of shows the growth that Steve has gone through. I think yeah. the point of adding and, these and two... That, oh, and that he was willing to, to take an ass whooping from the version 2.0 of himself to help the kids, you know? He, he took that ass whooping to stand up for them yeah. uh, was uh, an important point for his character. I think the whole yeah. um, point of the addition of these two characters now is... Netflix understanding that Stranger Things is in for the long haul and they want more characters, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it's hard. It's also hard to be really critical of this second season because, correct me if I'm wrong, the first one was a huge gamble and they did not expect to be renewed for a second, right? Yeah. Right. So they probably weren't entirely prepared for this second season. They, they, yeah, that's I, true. That's true. They weren't prepared and they set the bar really high. Yep. Yeah. They were no and really, you, you talked about there being no mystery. The, the only way it could have as much mystery as season one did is if they had introduced an entire new cast of characters. Well, you know, characters some of the mystery the whole... is always going to be gone with you know, the fact that we already know everyone and all we can do is learn more about them. Well, the thing is, they didn't expand on the upside down. That's one of the main things. So. What's the what's the actor's name who, from Mad About You? Paul Reiser. I Paul spent like the first Reiser. three episodes thinking, is that Paul Reiser? Well, it's because it looks really like somebody like Paul ate Reiser. Paul Reiser. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like somebody wearing a fat Paul Reiser suit, poor guy. And kudos to Mike for putting that ass whooping on Hopper. <laughs> but when he found out that he had been hiding Eleven all that time, yeah. he went off on it. Yeah. The, the only reason why I didn't like some of these, I like some of the characters, but some of them I didn't like. I felt like we're already getting a new character in Will because he's completely gone in season one. So that's yeah. And he's like the main character of this season. So he's going to take a lot of the dialogue and story these all these other new characters they're just taken away from the characters that we already love i wanted more like lines and and story from the characters we already have and i felt like some of these new characters were just took away from that oh another thing they rehashed was um you know when they're in will, uh, will's house okay and the first season they did the whole christmas light thing with the letters and in this season they did the whole drawing the shadow monster thing on paper and i feel like yeah. It was, I feel like that was just a little rehashed. You know, they're trying to figure something out in the same house in the same sporadic way. Uh, it, it just felt like a reused idea to me. But don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a cool, fun... It was a good season. I just... I, I think season one set the bar so high not knowing if it was going to get renewed that... Uh, you know, they were trying yeah. to figure out what they're going to do with season two. Um, it's kind of like when you watched Iron Man 1 and then you went and watched Iron Man 2. I'll tell you one thing, though. I think season three will be a lot better. I think uh, now that they know they're in for the long haul, I think they'll come up with more ideas for season three. I think season you know two what is I, like, oh, fuck, man. There's a lot of I, pressure. I, on. I want a uh, – obviously, there's probably more kids out there with abilities. I think it would be a good idea to – to introduce a, a villain who has powers like uh, uh, like like Eleven, but except like a bad version of her, you know. Well, there's um there's at least eleven of them, isn't there? Well, some like of them Mr. Died, Glass. Maybe? Yeah. Like you know maybe the uh, the Eleven who laughs something like that. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe there's a kid out there who has the power to make Trunkler come on the podcast when he says he's gonna come on. Like uh, no, no one is that powerful. No <laughs> one. <is> that powerful. <laughs> hey, Gotham dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs. <laughs>